This is episode 12 with Justin Jocelyn. You love it. You are great at it. The world needs it. You are paid for it. In this program, we go deep to get answers to essential questions and learn how to develop key skills to live a life that moves you. This is the Beyond the Surface Podcast. Have you ever struggled with the question, what's my purpose? For many of us, narrowing down onto the one thing we're supposed to be is a never-ending challenge. That's why I'm excited about my guest, Justin Jocelyn. She's a highly skilled therapist and life coach and founder of the Self-Empowerment Institute. For over 15 years, through her private practice and group workshops, Justin has dedicated her life to helping others develop the confidence and self-discipline required to transform their lives. I personally participated in one of Justin's life coaching workshops called Success Stories a couple years ago and gained new levels of clarity and strength in my life. In this episode, you'll learn how Justine discovered her calling as a professional therapist and life coach, tools you can use to discover what path belongs to you, common challenges to accessing your inner voice for self-guidance, the function of passion as it relates to living your purpose, and more. And I'm here with Justin Jocelyn. Thank you so much for joining me today, Justin. Thanks for having me here. The reason that I wanted to bring you to the show is to really talk about purpose. I know that's something that you help a lot of people with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before we get into the topic, could you take me back, you know, to your childhood, early career, mm-hmm. and talk about those stepping stones that you went through personally because you know i feel like when we're growing up we're we're pulling to so many directions as far as what we feel we want to do that the more input we get from those the harder it becomes to know exactly what it is that we want to do or what Mm -hmm. what it is that we are called to do right true and so the beliefs our beliefs are beliefs that drive our experience as adults are mostly formed in childhood and mine in particular had a lot of drama and trauma that I fully believe and understand has paid off for me tremendously and that's kind of part of my my core beliefs around a proportionate payoff for what you've gone through um, at those kind of early formative times of your life and I'm grateful for all that now and that was more of an intellectual kind of understanding that this would all pay off later, uh, but now I really live it. And so most of my waking moments are incredibly happy. I'm just sort of in a constant state of gratitude, not all the time, and that's okay, because you still need to have the negative stuff to kind of inspire the asking, the next asking. So I didn't have a lot of guidance. I didn't have a lot of structure, but in many ways that was better because of the fact that most of our beliefs are influenced by the adults around us. So parents and teachers primarily. And if they're in a good place, if they're in a place of living in an aligned way with their purpose, whatever that is for them, then that's good news. And it's really all they need to do is to kind of exemplify that. Um, but often they don't. That's just where we're at. We've got a lot of, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a parent too, a lot of adults, um, who aren't necessarily 
in that place. So that's what influences us. And so that's why you see right around, it seems like toddler years, kids kind of starting to look externally for validation and approval. And that was a sort of a non-issue when they came in. We all come in feeling perfectly empowered and worthy and, and aligned. That's my favorite word for that, being aligned with your kind of higher self or soul or whatever you want to call it, your higher purpose. And that gets kind of trained out of it. So it's an interesting process, but but all is well. I think that's part of the whole kind of arc of of development. Uh, we come back to that in a different kind of way, all that much wiser. Um, so yeah, it's interesting. Um, and it should be a lot more fun, I think, <laughs> mm-hmm. than we make it. What was the tipping point in your life where you were, you know, I think I want to do the therapist life mm-hmm. coaching mm-hmm. I think that's what I'm called to do when did you figure that mm-hmm. out well you know I had a um, you know I'm kind of an empath of course like a lot of us in this field and I was always drawn to helping whether that was through you know as a teenager through animal rights or um, just sort of being aware it seemed to have an, an acute awareness and sometimes that's hard of of suffering And so I, you know, it made sense to go into, to be a therapist, but but I actually uh, resisted that idea for a long time because it seemed so obvious to me. And I kind of bumbled around in grad school and doing other kinds of careers and working with other people in their projects and and things that were passionate, that they were passionate about. So it it seemed like I was kind of like sort of wasting time. uh, and, And that was frustrating, but ultimately helpful for the coaching piece because I get that so uh directly what it's like to feel kind of lost or confused or what is my passion what am i supposed to be doing so there were some threads that carried through all those years that make sense in terms of the empathy and the caring and wanting to help and heal and now i'm kind of more on the uh you know i work with really just very high functioning overwhelmed adults you know stressed out adults career professionals and so and it's fun it's uh but yeah it's um I don't know if there was any one pivotal point, but I think there were several points of not liking what I was doing. And that's really important. So back to the negative stuff, inspiring the the asking for the change. Uh, but I, I, I cannot imagine anything more fulfilling than what I do right now. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's pure joy to sit with clients and watch them and guide them through figuring out their alignment and their purpose. It's very, very satisfying. How do you know when you're on the right path? And you know what path belongs to you, what dream belongs to you. Well, my uh, indication of being on the right path is any positive emotion. Uh, and I offer all my clients a scale or kind of like a ladder of uh, different emotions going from least powerful all the way up to most powerful, which might be love and joy and appreciation. And we experience all of them. That's just part of being human. Uh, and so when we're focusing on something in a way that results in a negative emotion, then that's an indication that you're off course. So my favorite metaphor for that is a GPS. Uh, it's giving, you know, your, your, your system is giving you indications that you're off course. So, okay, what do I do about that? First of all, don't freak out. It's fine. It's just information. And what do we need to do to get back on track? So there's a lot of quotes out there I mean probably one of the best quotes ever is follow your bliss so follow your excitement follow 
what feels good. So when I consider this path or this mundane choice, it could be choosing something on a menu, uh, how does that feel compared to the other choices? And sometimes it can be quite subtle. And sometimes we don't know when we do have to just pick something and proceed and you'll get more of that information as you go and the path will kind of light up in front of you. So I am very, very clear as a professional and as a personal that this guidance is internal. And really the whole coaching field is based on the idea of authenticity or, or alignment in that way. But that's back to that tricky thing of us getting trained out of that uh, by focusing on the external validation, the external approval, or what's going on in the world, what's happening in that field, should I do that job, because that seems to be going in the right direction. But staying really, really aligned as much as possible and trusting that that's, that's all you really need. So I'm kind of on some radical end of uh, in, in my belief about that. And, um, and I think people kind of know that intuitively. You talk about internal guidance. Mm -hmm. Is there a ideal state we need to be to be able to tap into that internal guidance are there any factors that could be detrimental for us to use that ability that we have to self-guide ourselves well <clears throat> you may have noticed that mindfulness and meditation are becoming almost mainstream and i that, that's such incredibly good news um Why? Because we've been so uh, in the habit of, of not being centered and so caught up in the, the cognitive drama. You know, we have tens of thousands of thoughts a day. For most of us, most of them are negative. And so we want to start to pay attention to things at the thought level. And sometimes that means, So paying attention, you know, mindfulness is just simply noticing thoughts, feelings, and bodily sensations. Just noticing will give you more of that, that ability to align. Uh, noticing versus getting caught up in the drama of the thoughts. And then the feelings always follow the thoughts. So that takes a, a shift in consciousness. And so uh, practicing mindfulness in little bits throughout the day, setting aside some time in the morning. And then meditation and, and mindfulness are kind of interconnected. You can do a, you can meditate in a, in a mindful kind of way. You can meditate on a, on a topic or, a, you know, compassion or um, whatever that might be. But in, in general, just taking time to get centered, preferably in the morning, is probably one of the most powerful things a person can do to change their lives. And it seems so subtle and you don't get much out of it especially when you first start, it can be, it can feel frustrating uh, to notice more because you're tuning in more to the, the content of the mind, but it really will pay off. What it does is it gets you down to ground zero. It, it, it's, you know, with practice, it, it brings it, it brings the negativity down to a slower pace and then there's less thought. So that's a good place to be a centered, peaceful place. That's a feeling state. So worth cultivating in your life. And from there, whatever you're asking for, whatever you're wanting will come more easily. In fact, you'll start to get these tremendous downloads in the middle of meditations. I mean, we're getting them all day long, the great ideas, the gazillion dollar idea, but you'll get more of them in that moment. That's why I always keep a piece of paper and a pen next to me when I'm meditating. And then you'll just sort of be opening up that channel throughout the day more. So that's an that that and then maybe just um doing anything that seems light and fluffy and and fun and gives you an easy dopamine hit 
uh, that's a, an important kind of practice in a sense. It's hard to sell really hardworking people on that one. So creating just more fun throughout the day. Uh, it becomes overwhelming to know that the idea of purpose is that this one thing that you're supposed to do, yet you're being called into different directions. One way that people try to tackle this, and I wanted to get your opinion on this, is mm -hmm. they, they try to force themselves into doing this one thing. Mm -hmm. But the problem that they have digesting that is because that's not the only thing that they want to do, mm -hmm. at least professionally. Mm -hmm. um, how would you, what, what would be your advice for people experiencing that? Well, it, it is a common experience, isn't it? And my guess is that, you know, part of its personality, of course, some of us have a more kind of, uh, what do they call it? Sensation seeking. That's a measure of personality. There's just so much stuff you want to do and it can feel very distracting <clears throat> and like you're chasing butterflies and okay, I need to kind of pick one and go with it. And that's valid because there is some split energy with that. And would you have more success to your liking if you had focused in? And then how do we separate that out from the distraction of the mind? So I would say if there is value in that, and if you wanted to find the thing that feels the most exciting and put the most resources into that. So again, following what really lights you up the most, but promising yourself that you're going to do the other stuff too, and that you could do a lot of it concurrently. Uh, and give yourself that as a as a as a promise and even as a reward. You know, you've got your weekends or your other pockets of time, and that there that that might be something that you do as part of the primary path. More, you know, there might be kind of side projects that you can fold in more later. But honor that because it is that's all passion, isn't it? And and if we feel like we need to just pick one, and then we feel sad or or disappointed or frustrated well that's an interesting response that's back to the emotional indication because if if you're feeling a sense of deprivation or any negative feeling what is that is that an indication from let's say your higher self that you you shouldn't be dropping that or or is it focusing is this, this is a tricky discernment process or is that an indication that Uh, you just simply focused on something in a negative way. Well, one way you'll know, we've all experienced this, is that the the thing will, will nag at you. It will keep coming back, won't it? It whatever, whatever that thing is, you've always wanted to write a book, whatever it is, right? It'll keep coming back. And when it comes back, then you do want to kind of start to go, okay, this is important data in terms of me staying uh, aligned and honoring my passions. Now, you mentioned passion. What is the What would you say is the function of passion as it relates to living your purpose? Oh, that's the best question anyone could ever ask. That's beautiful. It, it's all you need. It, you know, it's it's both the thing that gives you clues to in terms of where you're going and the reward. So following it, you know, bliss, passion, excitement, interest. Uh, sometimes it's not as big and bold as that, and that's okay. Uh, sometimes it's more subtle. Uh, that's kind of lighting up the path and giving you clues about your purpose. So that's our built-in um, mechanism for knowing that. And then, ah, this felt so good. That felt so fun. I'm having so much fun doing this thing. And that's all you really need to know. Just keep doing it. And more ideas and opportunities and resources and money and connections will come to you as you stay on that path. What would you say are the biggest mistakes that you've seen when people approach you uh, 
as far as answering the question of how to find their purpose or how to feel like they're living their purpose. Mm -hmm. The biggest mistakes. The biggest mistakes I think we all make is just falling back into old habits and patterns and not trusting maybe a somewhat different version of reality. And that is that it doesn't have to be so hard and so serious and difficult. That's part of the training we got growing up by the adults who weren't living that and practicing that. So of course we absorb those beliefs uh, and that we deserve to be happy. So in, in cognitive behavioral therapy, we talk about core beliefs. You, you can distill them all down to worthiness and that underlies all success. That's something we slowly start to kind of transform by following our passion, by redirecting our thoughts. Uh, so I would say it would be just sort of reverting back to, to status quo and not keeping your practice, building up a practice of, of positivity. Um, and But we all do that. At the same time, we all fall off of whatever our practices, you know, working out or eating well or whatever that might be. And that's okay. So don't be easy on yourself about that. But just stay on it and it will transform. And most enlightenment comes incrementally. Most, you know, it, that's, it's, it's not usually a big dramatic burst, but if it is, that's wonderful. And then sometimes you'll have some self-sabotage that will follow from that. And that's okay too. That's normal uh, because it was almost like too much success. We couldn't accept that much success. And it was a mismatch for our beliefs about worthiness and success. So that's why it's almost safer to go after these positive changes slowly and incrementally. So you have time to kind of integrate that. What are some of the things that you, you would advise somebody to, to stick to the same thing for maybe a longer period of time, a fair period of time to know if that's really what you like or not mm -hmm. versus getting distracted into mm -hmm. something else? So this is assuming that, that, this, that we've already identified something that we are pretty sure is going to be satisfying. So once you've kind of gone through that in, in a way in using a process that that feels uh sound to you uh and and now you're on this path and and you're not and you're trying to kind of stay focused enough on that uh i would go back to paying attention to your mind your mind is with you everywhere and if you don't you know you you do it don't pay attention to it to your detriment um you know, we can go on the, we can go into the, the most, uh, into a context that, that ought to be the most fun and exciting. Think of your dream vacation and have a miserable time. I mean, we all know this. We can bring the mind with us. Um, so that's how we self-sabotage. So if you've identified, that's the assumption I'm making here, that, that you, you're on the right path, that this is one of your passions, but you've got many then you want to pay attention to how you might self-sabotage that with your focus and how you might start to, like most humans, complain and subtly start to kind of tell a different story. Oh, yeah, this thing, I got this thing, I made it happen. And then you get into it and you're like, ah, or I don't like it. Or you start to focus on what's not working. That's the micro of self-sabotage. And we all do it. It's okay. But notice and intentionally focus on what's working, what you like, so practicing good old gratitude, that's a, about as popular as, as meditation and mindfulness right now, isn't it? The most Okay, I'll, the two most powerful processes would be meditation and gratitude. And so let yourself focus that in that situation. And then let's say you get clarity 
in in a in a sound way, in a way that's kind of internally driven. You know, that's what I'm talking about here. That's how you're going to know. Let's say you get clarity that this isn't the path. That's okay. That's good news. That's the creative process of life. Okay, I did, did that thing. I I appreciated it and 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 uh, told a story of positivity as much as I could. And now I want to do this. That's okay. That and you might be the kind of person who hops around more than others on the career path. That's fine. That's just who you are. Honor that. But how do we know? Back to the discernment that we're not messing up our own nests, right? Uh, versus this is really not for me. That's tricky. But as you, so I'm going to try to sell you on this. As you practice gratitude in a situation that, that ultimately isn't for you, you'll get out of it faster and with less drama by practicing the gratitude through the situation. Does that make sense? Yeah. Appreciating the stepping stone. Yes, exactly. Well, if you can say that, then, then you're, that's wonderful. It's leading to a better place. It always is, but trusting that. But what most of us do is feel like we need to fuss about it, complain, dissect, list all the reasons why it's not working, and that that's going to somehow motivate us to get out and get onto something better. It's not. Mm. You'll get out, but you'll get out in a much more miserable way. And if you want to get there faster, if you want clarity, all the good stuff, uh, you, you know, your motivation, your drive, your energy, if you want that more quickly, then practice the positivity. So in one way that your lack of gratitude for that stepping stone you find yourself in, uh, if you're not able to appreciate it, that internal drama could inhibit you from learning about yourself and knowing what should you try different? Exactly. Exactly. You're blocking your, 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 you're closing up that uh, access to uh, your alignment, your, um, your higher self, whatever you want to call it, the, the muse by complaining, by practicing the negativity. Exactly. Now I'm going to use myself as an example uh, to make it more practical. Mm -hmm. I'm always been on a journey, an ongoing journey of being more purposeful. Um, uh, I developed the idea over time that I I, won't, I don't feel that I'm living my purpose unless I am at a high level of, I guess, success. I, I think I've been influenced by social media because of it. You know, I think of myself as, 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 as if I'm not in a stage uh, talking about something that I'm passionate about in front of thousands of people, I don't feel like I'm living my purpose. <laughs> if I am not speaking or getting called by every conference marketing conference because that's one thing that i that i do marketing yeah. i don't feel that i'm living my purpose i'm you know i'm i'm doing something that i'm really good at mm -hmm. but i don't feel like i'm living my purpose so through time i found myself based uh, I, i've been able to clarify that i am a uh, passionate about self-improvement always then i get in marketing next thing you know uh, because I was able to connect my passion mm -hmm. for self-improvement mm -hmm. for people uh, learning about us in general, mm -hmm. uh, that was a great match. Mm -hmm. uh, but now I find myself in a place where even today, even though I've been able to clarify that those are the two categories, self-improvement that I'm, I'm always find joy from doing. And I think I find joy from doing marketing because I know that what I do works. <laughs> <laughs> assuming that you have unlimited resources mm -hmm. and you took on a challenge financial resources anything you want 
just mm-hmm. like that. You mm-hmm. can get it. And you took on a challenge to coach someone like me to find their life purpose in one week. <laughs> what, would, what would the coaching look like? What uh, what would the coaching look like? Oh, you could fun. do anything. Anything. Oh my gosh, I love this. Unlimited. You could take me jump from an airplane. I mean, whatever <laughs> you could think of. What what's something that would come to your mind? To figure out how yeah. can I break through? Because a lot of people, that's what they feel yeah. like. I, I I used to think that I am yeah. the only one who feels like I was here <laughs> to be yeah. something bigger than where I'm at. But right. you know, that's the case for a lot of people. Of course, of course. And the confusion is good news, by the way. that's If you can reframe the confusion in any negative state, remember, that's kind of getting off course. That's the GPS system talking at you. If you can start to say, that's good news. This is part of the process you've mastered everything. Your enlightenment moment will come like that. This, thank you for, you just launched the the most exciting, you realize you just, this, thank you. <laughs> this is a brilliant idea. So one week. So we would, I would, I would sit down and, and talk to you for quite a while and, and get all the data on you and what lights you up. First of all, that really, I'm looking at you right now, that really, really lit you up. And between these two, if we can circle back just a moment, between these two kinds of threads, the self-improvement uh, and the and the marketing, yes, the self-improvement lights you up more. Absolutely. You already know that. You said that your, your, your tone of voice changes, your body language changes, and th- we could do this over the phone too, where you could you know, write some stuff out. And there, there are lots of ways for, for a coach to collect data on what's lighting you up more. But just as a quick side thing here, I have noticed in writing and working with people that there are a lot of people in your field. I know you've got a, a, a few different projects you're working on, but who've done a lot of marketing and or sales who are very interested in self-improvement. Why is that? I think I'm going to answer that because you have to be. You have to be paying attention to your mind, to your drive, to your feelings. Your success is so much more, is so, it really, it's true for all professions, but it's kind of more uh, urgent. If your personality, your skills are working, you're going to get payoffs in, in a better way. That's what we've got, Think and Grow Rich, one of the classics in the field, right? The mind is so essential to that success. So there might be some interesting benefits in the fact that you have, been in a field that it's not a coincidence, is it? That you're in a field that requires that you practice your, your self-improvement in a, in a, and, and the fact that you've had, of course, your best clues are the fact that that goes so back, so far back in time. You remember always being very interested in that, in self-improvement and expansion. So isn't, that's just exciting. I, I love that. So I would ask you where you want to go and what you want to do. You would drive the whole thing. It's all about you creating the optimal experience. You know, whatever part of the world you'd want to go to, what kind of setting would you like? And I would set us up with a very intensive practice of positivity. So I could choose where we're going to go to experience something or go to a workshop? Absolutely. If you wanted to stay in your hometown, uh, but you you wanted it to look and feel like that, great. We would set up the optimal experience. Yeah, I would probably want to go to one of those... uh, the Nectar Island. There, <laughs> perfect. Okay, there we go. I, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I want to go to Nectar Island. What are we going to do in Nectar Island okay. to help me figure this out? Well, now this, you ha- you're driving this. So I'm your mirror, right? Yeah. It's all about you. You have all the answers. You have all the resources. But I'm just kind of like guiding mm-hmm. you through it and helping you discern what's the most exciting, juiciest stuff. What would be the purpose of taking me to a place that I really would love to go? 
It's a setting, as as you know, I think it's a setting that's going to optimize uh, staying aligned, staying connected with what you really want. It's giving you permission. It's got a certain time length to it. It's giving you permission. That I'm here for the purpose of finding my purpose, get, you know, getting clear, getting excited about what I want to do. It, just like a vacation, we kind of, we give ourselves permission to do things differently. Ideally, we're, we're doing that stuff every single day, moment to moment throughout mm-hmm. the day, taking that, giving ourselves the processes and the focus and the permission to stay excited and uh, happy and, and clear and, and confident and all that stuff, cultivating those experiences. But when we do something like this, this sounds wonderful, you're going to get a significant shift. Absolutely. And then do you remember us talking about these surges in success and these surges in confidence and positivity, and that mm-hmm. might come into your experience in the form of a, a resource, a, you know, a pile of money lands on your lap, whatever that might be. And so I would want to set you up for the ability to integrate that because it's going to be a, a very uh, kind of intense and positive shift. And you want to be able to kind of, you know, get back to, to life, you know, to reality. I, I, I just went on a cruise, a, 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 mm-hmm. a two week cruise in the Caribbean with a bunch of crazy positive people and i and one of the uh one of the immigration folks as as we were coming off the ship said welcome back to reality and i with this sort of like tone you know (laughs) and i thought no no it doesn't have to be like that reality is not necessarily a contrast to the vacation like this should be fun and joyful all the time right what i like about this idea is you you are suggesting to basically take me out of the day-to-day operational box Mm -hmm. into a place that i would enjoy Mm -hmm. to change my state Mm -hmm. in a into feeling joy yes because then that would allow me to better understand what i enjoy Mm -hmm. in a place where that i'm enjoying Mm -hmm. in the first place exactly interesting and 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 and, well it's your idea it's your brilliant idea to go but to do it in a coaching context it's very cool so whether it's a vacation or or a coach a week of intense coaching um, either way, you're going to be accessing your internal guidance more. You're going to be high, right? And from a place of being high, <laughs> your self-created, you know, it's your dopamines that you just line up throughout the day, your dopamine hits, right? From that place, you're going to get the best ideas. The, you know, you're going to want to make the phone calls and send send the letter and, and, and do all the action steps, right? Because they're going to feel like fun, light, inspired action steps to make that thing happen, right? So, yeah. So, do you have any... Once we're in the Nectar Islands, because you asked me where I want to go, that brings me up. Do you have any requirements to be able to tap into that inner guidance? Because you mentioned making calls, sending emails. So, Mm. should I bring my laptop? Ah. And then, should I be researching online? Or are you going to drive the the coaching? How would that Mm -hmm. work? Well, that's a double-edged sword, isn't it? With um, the internet and, and... but how yeah. would you set yeah. me up? Because you have yeah. a, you can get anything, yeah. right? So if if I need to get a massage, because it's gonna even give me, you know, I'm just throwing <laughs> stuff there. <laughs> and unlimited resources, unlimited fun, as yeah. many massages as you want. Like, yep. So basically, put me in a state where I am calm and joyful. Mm-hmm. And then, what do you have any tools yes. that you would use with me yes. once I am in that state? Yes. So. Y- you know, whether or not it's interesting, you know, whether or not you can get online or whether or not you have this particular um, access to the outside world sort of doesn't really matter. It doesn't, it doesn't. It depends on how you engage with that. So what I would say is do those steps that we would call, you know, part of reality, right? If you 
are inspired to do so. And because, you know, def- so the default would be there's no contact, right? We're just immersed in this experience and that's fine. But if you've got a good idea and it sounds fun and you want to make that connection or research that thing, absolutely go do it. That's moving the project along, isn't it? I see. Now, you know, we we live in a world where we're very systematic. So a lot of people have trouble um, getting advice on purpose when it comes to like, you know, you gotta, I think I heard something about the listen to your chakras from the yoga community <laughs> <laughs> or you just gotta see the light yeah. and, and basically what what people are looking for they want to figure out is there a step by step framework mm-hmm. on how to really figure out what mm-hmm. you're supposed to do mm, right uh, well yes because we are structured and we've been in school since we were in kindergarten and you know there's someone's always given us some syllabus or program and that can be fine um plus google is full of five steps to <laughs> yeah i know five steps to whatever and, and that can work so um you know it's really interesting going through this shift this cultural shift that we're going through right now that i guess is very clear to me and and i think uh some researchers are noticing this and some of us in certain spiritual communities are definitely noticing where you're seeing things like meditation become my mainstream everyone's talking about gratitude put the word happiness into your search on amazon and see how many books come up it's just incredible what's yeah. happening you're noticing it yeah yeah it's very exciting um so it's I, I feel like we've got two modes here. I'm, I'm confident we've got two modes. And one is sort of the way we, we've done things historically. And that's fine. And if that serves you, use it. So if there's a five-step program that works, absolutely use it. If it, And particularly paying attention to how it feels. And But we, we are moving away from expecting something to happen to us and deciding and, and experiencing and knowing that we are co-creating reality all day long, moment to moment. And so... There's another mode, and they're not separate, but it's a different mode that's more effective and powerful. It's really law of attraction. It's practicing the positivity, and and so you can you can use that five step method or any method in that way, or you it depends on how you engage with that particular process. Does that make sense? <clears throat> and you'll and you'll get more out of it, or you can. I'm having my clients more and more, if they're open to this and ready for it, really trust that intuition, higher self, whatever you want to call it throughout the day. And it's not very structured. It's very different. It's very um, trusting that what you need, the resource that you need will come to you at just the right moment and in just the right way. And we all have these experiences, don't we? Where that information came to me, you know, it, it could be the parking spot, it could be the the name, uh, the, the right amount of money in your bank account at just the right time, that that comes into you in a way that you can't always fully explain. You know, some people call them everyday miracles. And as you start to play with that, first of all, notice when it does happen, appreciate it, play with it, start with smaller manifestations, you'll see that everything you need will come to you. So that's not to say don't use what we've always used. Use it in a way that reflects your increasing positive expectations that everything is going to come to you in good time. Does that make sense? It's how you engage with the process. What are your practiced expectations? And that takes some time to build that up. 
versus more of a passive, sometimes it can get kind of victim-y for people. You know, there's that thing and I paid for that thing and I signed up and I got, eh, you know, I don't know what I got out of it. It's like, well, you were there, <laughs> you engaged with the process. So you're an active, you know, empowered participant with that process or that book or that skill. Does that make sense? So you are co-creating that each time. Do you have any key questions in mind that one should, somebody who's looking to coach themselves once they're in this nice spot mm -hmm. or when they're meditating, mm -hmm. what type of questions should they ask specifically to themselves? The only thing we ever really need to ask is what do I want? What do I want? What do I desire? What lights me up? That's it. Uh, and that'll bring you back to the thoughts and the ideas that will attract more of that in your life in a very feel, uh, real physical manner. And, and that's why, and I, and I, to circle back for a moment, when you said about taking yourself to a place that cultivates the clarity and the happiness, you can, and that's wonderful, but you don't have to. So that's why you could do that while you're meditating. So the state, now we say state of mind, That's a place we get to. So the brain lights up in the same way. If you and I went on that wonderful coaching holiday, you know, if we cultivated enough discipline or practice around imagining that, and that's not that hard to do, it's fun to do, it's inherently rewarding, we could get there with our minds and you would have the exact same experience and the exact same benefit. But we believe that we need to go spend money and sign up for this and try that program. And, and, and that can help. It can give us because the mind shifts as we go into that experience. So I know I'm going on and on about the mindset here, but it, it's essential. It, we're transforming beliefs so that we can get more of what we want. And we do that incrementally with our focus. Hmm. So asking, what do you want? The import, most important questions, what do I want? What do I desire? And feeling the feelings of desire as you imagine that you could write out a paragraph a day, you could see what comes to you through your meditation, which is more of a receptive process. And, um, and feel the feelings of desire. Let yourself be excited like a little kid, just running after all these cool ideas. Now, other than writing, meditation mm -hmm. i wanted to ask you personally do you have any other daily tools or rituals that you use to help you just conquer the day today well i've been practicing focusing on things that make me feel good for a long time so i'll give you a quick example mm -hmm. driving up to meet you i'm constantly kind of scanning what's around me and what's in my mind if i'm sitting or in a quiet place to see what i like And the most mundane things will light you up. I, I saw a dog, a little six-inch dog barking at a huge dog, just hilarious, just adorable and hilarious, so excited and so trying to say something <laughs> to the big dog. And that was just delightful to watch. And then I see a little toddler running down the street, and then I see the, the beautiful vertical wall garden outside. And just yesterday I was thinking, yeah, I want to do a vertical garden in my new house. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, there it is. Uh, so it's just everyday stuff. So choose to focus on stuff. So, and I'm looking for it. You know, I'm not looking at something I don't like. I'm looking away from that. And I'm looking at the stuff that it's easy for me to feel good about. And I'm practicing that all day long. And then the ideas, the resources, the connections are going to come to me more easily. Mm. So just everyday gratitude and appreciation. I have two more questions. 
what's your definition of living on purpose? Intentionally practicing a mindset of positive expectation. Beautiful. If today mm -hmm. was your last day on earth, mm -hmm. and any journals you have, any writing, any sign of your work, mm -hmm. that all was to disappear, but you could leave your loved ones and the world behind with three truths mm -hmm. behind that they need to know what those three truths would be. Oh, wow. Boy, that's a potent... You are just... You're such an existentialist. That's like the most potent, potent <laughs> question a person could ask. Wow, I love this. Um, remember who you are. Remember who you are. You are unlimited in your power and your ability to create. And the last one would be love yourself. Bravo, Justine. Thank you so much. <laughs> This has been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you, Alonso. And that was my interview with Justin Jocelyn. You can access these episode's notes alongside other resources at bit.ly slash BTS EP012. Again, that's bit.ly slash BTS EP012. Finally, if you enjoyed listening to this interview, I'd love to hear from you by leaving me a review on iTunes. Thank you for tuning in. And remember to live a life that moves you.